All right, guys, welcome in to today's episode of the Southeast News Podcast. It is Wednesday, November the 6th, 2019. And yes, I know some of you guys are probably a little bit surprised uh, that I am back here on the Southeast News Podcast. Uh, as many of you know by now, uh, most of my written work has now gone to clutchpoints.com, which is where I'm doing a lot of writing stuff over there um, and will continue to do a lot of writing stuff over there. But. Even though I'm not doing the writing at southeasttubes.com anymore, uh, we still have the podcast. And so uh, my thinking is let's just keep doing it because I know you guys uh, enjoyed sort of the, the more frequent podcasts during the season. And now that the season is here, uh, let's crank this thing back up and start doing this. Now, before I get too much into this, yes, I'm also doing another SEC podcast now. Uh, and that is the Blue Ribbon SEC Basketball Podcast, which, as you guys know, uh, I have started writing for Blue Ribbon College Basketball Yearbook. Uh, did a lot for them this season. Uh, hope to continue to do that here in the coming season. So you now have a couple different options uh, for your SEC basketball fix uh, throughout the week in audio form. Um, you'll be able to have this one, the Southeast Twos Podcast, and then you'll be able to have uh, certainly more longer episodes uh, more in-depth analysis when we do uh, the Blue Ribbon SEC uh, basketball podcast each week. I'll plug all the links in and all that so you guys can find everything. Uh, if you're someone maybe who only listens to the podcast, uh, that way you can find all the different places that, that I am kind of at at this point. Uh, but yes, let's keep rolling here on the Southeast Suits podcast. Because the season has started and uh, it was a very entertaining opening night for the 2019-20 season, I'm just going to randomly run through some thoughts here because uh, there were a lot of teams in action, but certainly there were some things that stood out above the rest. I think everyone knows you probably have to start with Kentucky uh, getting a 69-62 win over Michigan State. Uh, The Wildcats uh, likely to be the number one team in the country when the polls come out next week, and for good reason, because uh, they looked pretty good. Uh, There's no doubt about it, and, and there's no doubt that Tyrese Maxey Uh, is as good as advertised. Uh, He was simply outstanding uh, in his first game uh, with the Wildcats, certainly one of the the best performances we've seen from a freshman in Kentucky uh, ever, really. I mean, it was just such a unique performance in what he did, certainly the long shot he made there late in the game to pretty much ice it for the Wildcats, uh, finished with 26 points. But, you know, we never really know exactly what to expect from these Kentucky teams. I say it every year. You don't know how the chemistry is going to come together. Every class is different. Uh, But it's clear. I mean, this guy is for real. And this Kentucky team getting production from their inside guys, that was something we said could, could be one of those things that you look at and say, hey, you know, are they going to get the same type of production in the paint that they got last year? Uh, They're going to need some scoring. They're going to need some rebounding. But I think they're going to be okay there. Um, And you come out and beat, uh, again, a a team that was ranked as number one team in the country. And, yes, Kentucky was number two, but uh, Michigan State has national championship aspirations. First game of the season, you can go either way. And I said this with with the Kansas-Duke game, too. Uh, it's just you, you've got such good teams and the best rise to the top in these type of games. And that's exactly what Tyrese Maxey did in his first ever college game. Uh, so he is, without a doubt, I mean, he's going to be one of the the most impactful, one of the most exciting players in the country this season. Uh, it's clear, and I think it was for all of us, you know, it was really just a matter of seeing 
how he was going to fit into the to the picture, and, and he came out right away and asserted himself with 26 points in 32 minutes. Uh, just a, a tremendous performance, and uh, that guard group for Kentucky is is just outstanding, and it's going to be a lot of fun to see how he continues to progress and how the Wildcats continue to progress because, as we know, even as well as they played uh, in that game against Michigan State, they're only going to get better from here because that seems to be the case each season uh, with Cal's teams there in Lexington. Um, beyond that, uh, I think probably the, the next big thing on everyone's uh, mind was the Alabama game as Penn went in, got an 81-80 to victory over the Crimson Tide. Um, I said it going in. I mean, I picked Alabama to win the game. I said I thought they'd probably win, you know, by double digits, maybe a 10-point game or so. I think that's what I had in the uh, the daily SEC predictions. And yes, I'm still doing those. Uh, of course, they're at Southeast, or they're, excuse me, they're at Clutch Points now. Uh, so you can check those out there. Still doing the picks for each game day, uh, having fun with those as always as we had the last couple seasons. Um, but you know, Penn's a good team, and and I know there's a lot of people. The casual fans are going to say there there's never a reason to lose to Penn uh, if you're Alabama, and and I would just say keep in mind that this is a Penn team that a lot of people think can challenge Harvard for the Ivy League title, and there's a lot of people, myself included, that thinks if Harvard lives up to its potential, it's a top 25 team. And, you know, if Penn does as well, you can throw them in that mix and consider them uh, a team that can win a lot of games this season, and they're a team that can get to the NCAA tournament uh, and possibly, you know, get wins there. And and that's what we knew about Penn coming in. Um, And so I don't know that this is just a completely shocking outcome here like like some people believe and I know it's hard for Alabama fans who've been through the disappointments uh, certainly of last season and recent seasons as well uh, to start a season like this when you have a new era uh, it's Nate Oates first game as head coach uh, and, and I know there, there's disappointment and I know there's overreaction and we've been laughing about it on Twitter uh, every people are going to overreact that's just the way it works but when you look at it as a whole Alabama loses by one to a quality pin team with Herbert Jones only playing 10 minutes in that game. Uh, the the difference was the fact that Alabama just couldn't defend. I mean, they, they let Penn get into the paint. Uh, they let them get opportunities at the rim. And when you don't have a guy like Herbert Jones, who, for my money, is the best defender on that roster, and maybe some would even say far and away the best defender on that roster, uh, he's just so versatile in what he can do on the defensive end. He can guard. He can rebound. Uh, you you take him out of the equation with the injury, and it just changes the game. And and Alabama's offense wasn't great, but you have to remember they still scored 80 points, even though that they probably didn't play their best on offense. It's just the fact that they couldn't get enough stops. Um, and for anyone who watches this game, everyone's going to turn their attention to Kyra Lewis missing two free throws at the end because that's the, the thing that you leave with. Uh, in a game like that, you're, you're thinking about the last play because those are, you know, the opportunities to win the game. If he hits those free throws, Alabama wins the game. Um, but again, looking at it as a whole, Kyra Lewis has 30 points, eight rebounds, and five assists. I said going into the season that he's probably a dark horse SEC Player of the Year type of candidate. Now, for that to happen, Alabama's going to have to finish very high in the SEC, and you know, he, he's going to have to to do that every single night. But I think what this game proved was he's capable of that. He's capable of having these performances probably on a nightly basis because as we said all in the preseason, 
Um, he's a perfect fit with how they're going to play in, in NATO style. Like he is, he's the perfect fit. His game has gotten better. I think that's one of the better guard groups they've had at Alabama uh, in in several years, maybe if you look at it that way. Uh, when you consider what Jaden Shackelford's doing, uh, Beetle, Beetle Bolden's making contributions. I know he was dealing with an injury in this game too, but um, I don't I don't have the concerns with Alabama that other people have after one game. I know there are people that are already out there uh, jumping off the bandwagon. You know that they're they're done. That's it. One game, you lose a pin. The season's over. That's not the case, um, and I think this team's going to get a lot better. And I said, you know, rim protection and rebounding were going to be the two things that we were going to be talking about with Alabama the entire season, and it, it's going to probably be that way. But because of the, the injury situation they have with a couple key guys getting injured and out for the season, and just knowing that that's going to be a work in progress, uh, and especially in a game like this where you lose your best defender against an experienced team with some very talented players that knew how to attack and take advantage of it, and that's what Penn did. Uh, and that, that's not to take anything away from Penn. Again, that's a quality team. Uh, Steve Donahue is a very good coach. Uh, it stings for Alabama. It's going to sting for Kyra Lewis with the free throws. Uh, but I think you look at the way Alabama played in that game overall, and you realize it's sort of a, a different team. And uh, I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm okay with where they are right now. I, I'm waiting to sort of reserve judgment uh, on them when, because uh, there's probably going to be very few games where Herbert Jones only playing 10 minutes. Uh, he's going to play, you know, probably you know, 30 minutes or so a game uh, you would expect. And so that, that probably changes a few things there in that one. Elsewhere, uh, Auburn coming off the, the final four run, of course. Uh, the Tigers get an 83-74 to 74 win over Georgia Southern. Uh, some quick takeaways from that one. I thought Samir Dowdy looked really good. Um, he's embracing sort of the, the leader role on that roster, as we knew he was going to have to uh, with Jared Harper, you know, gone to, to the NBA and Bryce Brown, all those guys that they had that, that, that departed uh, from a Final Four team. But Dowdy played really well. I mean, he he kind of took command there, and that's what you want to see from a guy uh, that's going to be relied upon a lot uh, this season. We knew that going in. Um, I did say Isaac Okoro. You could just tell I, I put out on Twitter, even after just watching him play for the first 10 minutes of that game, um, you, he's, got, he's got the it factor. Like, he has it. And um, he's a freshman. There are going to be things that he's still going to have to work on as the season goes along. Um, but he's got it, man, and I think he's going to be really good. Uh, and we saw that. He's going to play a big role. I mean, Bruce Pearl was already leaning on him, and he just kind of has that that toughness, that competitiveness. Um, and so he's going to just, yeah, he, he's going to play a big role. Austin Wiley almost had a double-double in that game. So uh, it's a good win for, for Auburn over a solid Georgia Southern team. Uh, again, that's what people have to remember some of these teams, I know you think this is maybe you have to realize that, that this is not uh, 10 years ago in the SEC where we saw teams maybe just scheduling cupcakes uh, for the first, whatever, 10 games of the season. That's not how it works anymore. Uh, you're scheduling solid teams who, no matter what their record was a year ago, you're scheduling them based on what you perceive them to be this season because the stronger you schedule the better your chances are going to be to get you know better seating once we get to the NCAA tournament so teams like this Penn Georgia Southern uh, North Florida who we'll talk about here in a second they played Florida um, these are good teams these are teams that are expected to be very competitive in their league if not challenged for their league title uh, so always keep that in mind with some of these early season games we're, we're not having as many games anymore where you're seeing SEC teams go out 
and schedule teams that are projected to be you know 350 or something in Ken Palm um, and just not have a great season we just don't see a lot of that you're not going to see as many of those games there will still be some uh, but you're not going to see as many of those so when you you maybe only win a game uh, by a few points or you know in the Alabama situation you lose a game uh, to a team like Penn that's just going to happen now with the way that the stronger scheduling and knowing that anything really can sort of happen in these early season settings because coaches are still tweaking things. Um, they're still making adjustments and players are still making adjustments. Uh, so this stuff's going to happen, but a uh, quality win for Auburn there. And like I said, uh, they're still going to be entertaining to watch. I mean, there's no doubt. That's just, that's the way it's going to be with the Bruce Pearl team. Um, so a uh, good win for Auburn to start off there. We just mentioned North Florida. Uh, the Gators get a 74 59 win. The one thing I, pointed out early in that game that stood out to me I mean Florida's still a young team we have to remember that uh, but they are getting after it on defense already and that's not a surprise uh, I pointed out the stat probably several times in the offseason that uh, under Mike White I think Florida's finished in the top 25 in Ken Pop's defensive efficiency every single season there's no doubt that they're probably going to be right there again this year um, their their offense took a little while to get started but their defense is still there, and they're just it's going to be hard to score on this team. It really is, and um, it's still a young team. There's still going to be things they're working on offensively. Um, they probably feel like they didn't play their best on that side of the court, but they've got some length. They've got some athleticism, um, and I think that part will come. Kerry uh, Blackshear, you know, a double-double right off the bat. Uh, he's showing you right away what he's going to bring to that team. And, again, North Florida's not a bad team. They expect to contend. Uh, for the Atlantic Sun title. So um, it's a good start for Florida, and um, I don't think you really look at this and say, oh, well, because they started the game and couldn't make a field goal early, uh, we're all of a sudden jumping off the Florida bandwagon. That's just not the case. I mean, it's a 15-point it's a win uh, over a quality team. Uh, and so a uh, good start there for the Gators. Um, elsewhere, a couple of, of on these other ones, I guess not too much of note except for Arkansas probably. Um, the the must bus is rolling. Uh, 91-43 to went over Rice to start uh, the Eric Musselman era there in Fayetteville. And um, what can we say? I mean, it goes back, you know, we're, we're not right about a lot of things, but um, I, I think when you looked at it on paper – it was hard to look at Arkansas and say that this was not going to be a team, you know, that that had a quality guard group because this guard group is one of the best in the SEC and it could very well be one of the better ones in the country and that's not over exaggerating it because um yes, you know, Rice is probably not going to finish that high in their conference. However, when you look at what's possible with Isaiah Joe and Mason Jones and Jalen Harris and Desi Seals, um you know, Jimmy Witt's there now. Uh, Mason Jones scores 32, Isaiah Joe scores 24, uh, Jalen Harris I think may have had 10, and uh, you know Desi Sills had 8. And you look at it that way, this is a team that's playing small. I mean, they started the four guards, and you know this came out of course uh, after Reggie Chaney was suspended indefinitely. Connor Vanover doesn't get the waiver, um, so that hurts the size for a team that we we said probably wasn't going to have a rotation player. Uh, taller than six eight, but now you know you're you're putting Adriel Bailey in there uh, as the starter most likely, which he's starting this game. So you're starting everybody that you're starting. They're six six uh, or smaller, and that's what they're going to roll with. But their guard group is so good that Scott's going to allow them to push the pace, get good shots on the perimeter, 
Um, and I just, I really like, you know, this start especially. Um, again, we're not going to overreact to one game, but I love the way they started this game. I haven't had a chance to watch the full game yet, and that's the case with some of these. As you guys know, there's no way you can watch, uh, even if you have several going at one time, I like to really focus in on these and, you know, look at some of the bigger takeaways. So the ones we've already discussed, had a chance to do that. Um, and then for, for the ones elsewhere, which we'll talk about here, uh, Georgia gets a win over Western Carolina. Tennessee gets a win over UNC Asheville. And Mississippi State uh, beats Florida International. I'm going to go back uh, and get a chance to, to watch those games a little more in depth. Caught some of them, and you know, bits and pieces, but really focused in on some of the other ones. Uh, but when you look at it, you know, Anthony Edwards, of course, just seeing him, I mean, he he can play. And we knew that uh, everything's going to kind of flow through him. Uh, Georgia didn't play their best game. Um, kind of, you know, Western Carolina hung around for a while, and uh, Georgia was finally able to put it away uh, there late. So you have to give it to this team credit because they are a young team still. And remember that. There are several teams in the SEC that are still pretty young because they're relying on young players. Even as good as Anthony Edwards is, you know, he's a freshman. And, you know, it's it's a case where they are still going to look like freshmen at times. Uh, Anthony Edwards is going to have moments where he looks like a freshman. Tyrese Maxey is going to have moments where he looks like a freshman. And the same goes for some of these other guys that we'll talk about around the league this season. Uh, as good as they are, as talented as they are, and as high a potential as they have, they're still going to, you know, have some bumps in the road. That's normal. Um, and I think when you look at Georgia, they're, they're going to play some young guys. And we saw some of the, those young guys get double-digit minutes uh, in this game against Western Carolina. Um, so, yeah, it's for something for Georgia. They're, they're just building it, and they're trying to get as much experience as they can as fast as they can. Uh, and that's where throwing some of these guys in right away, um, it's going to help them. And, you know, Sean Hammonds had 12 rebounds in that game. Uh, so he's going to be someone they rely on for scoring and rebounding. Uh, and I, I think Georgia's going to be okay. They're, they're going to get better. Uh, it's just about adding that experience. And with Tennessee, uh, the Vols got a 15-point win there over UNC Asheville. You know, E. Pons is someone we knew was going to have to expand his role. And and like I've said with all these others, it's only one game. Uh, but you, you could tell, you know, 15.7 rebounds, he had three blocks. Um, he He's embracing that challenge, I think, of stepping into that role of he's not going to be Grant Williams, he's not going to be Admiral Schofield, but he's going to have to bring some of the things that those two guys brought to the table. And you can tell already that he's embracing that. Um, and, and I think he's going to continue to be someone that they're going to rely on, uh, certainly this season. And then John Fulkerson, he was the other guy we talked about a lot in the preseason. Uh, he had 10 points, uh, 9 rebounds, and, and he's going to have to rebound, and he's going to have to add some production scoring-wise in the paint, and he's got a guard, and that's what they're going to be relied upon to do uh, to fill some of those gaps uh, that they're going to have uh, this season. A nice win for Tennessee because uh, it's something where we're still going to see them probably adjusting to some things uh, as they go throughout the non-conference. Jordan Bowden, Lamonte Turner, they're their usual selves. So the, they're good, and uh, they're going to be you know the leaders of that team, and you're going to feel pretty good about things being in their hands uh, in key situations. But uh, a good start for the Vols, uh, getting a win. And then uh, to wrap up with Mississippi State and Florida International, you know, I said that this could probably be, of all the games I looked at, which I guess, you know, we talked about Alabama and Penn. Uh, that was one that that's, that wasn't upset. But I really thought this Mississippi State-Florida National one could be sort of the, the upset game of the evening in the SEC because uh, Florida National played the fastest pace of any team in the country last year. Uh, and with Mississippi State not having 
Nick Weatherspoon, you knew that was going to put Tyson Carter in a position where he's playing the point and they were going to have to take care of the ball against a team like this. And Mississippi State found a way to win. And that's, again, all you can ask for because Tyson Carter did play well. Um, I'm interested to go back and, and watch that game in full because, you know, he played 35 minutes and he had 23 points and really did a little bit of everything. I mean, he had seven rebounds, but he also had six steals. Uh, he did have eight turnovers, but I think in a game like that, where you're playing a team of that nature and, and really expected to have the ball in your hands uh, as much as he did. Uh, and, and again, sort of in a different scenario for him because Nick Weatherspoon is the starting point guard there. Um, so it's a, it's a good win to start the season, and it's better than a loss, right? And so for Mississippi State, um, you'll take it because they're, they're still going to be working through some things too. They've got to figure out you know, who's their guy they're going to. Quindary Weatherspoon's not there. How, how are they going to replace some of the things he did? The same with Eric Coleman. Uh, we know Reggie Perry is a breakout you know, star in this league. Uh, he had 13 points and seven rebounds to, to start things off here this season. And, you know, Robert Woodard played 34 minutes. And I think he's someone, too, that maybe sort of flew under the radar a little bit last year. He's certainly going to play a bigger role. Um, so Mississippi State uh, with a nice win there to start the season uh, for the Bulldogs. And, uh, yeah, it was – there wasn't a lot, I guess, you know, again, don't overreact to to everything that happened just on the first night of the season. I keep going back to that, but – um, you, you've got to remember the coaches are still working through rotations. Um, maybe there's 10 guys playing now. There, there Maybe there only be seven or eight playing once we get closer to the start of SEC play. That's just the way it is. You've got to work through some things uh, for a team like Alabama. Uh, there are some things they're going to have to adjust uh, as they go along. And then for a team like Arkansas, as dominant as they were, uh, there's still going to be some things that they have to get worked out. And the same with Kentucky. Even as big of a win as that was and as good as Tyrese Maxey and some of those other guys looked, um, there's still going to be some things Kentucky's going to have to work on if they you know, want to be a national championship team. So uh, early in the season, one game, you play about 35 or so. Uh, so don't get, uh, don't get too upset uh, about game one. Don't, don't really read into everything uh, just from the first game. Uh, we certainly need a bigger sample size to, to get a better feel for a lot of these teams. Um, but that'll wrap up uh, this episode of the Southeast Two's podcast. And uh, like I said, I, I I wanted to keep doing this because I know a lot of you guys uh, enjoy sort of the more frequent SEC basketball discussions we go throughout the season, as you've seen on Twitter. Uh, I'm doing a lot more periscopes, and we'll continue to do those as well, as those are more based on questions uh, and, and stuff like that, just sort of reacting to, to different things. And so we'll do a lot more of those. Uh, but like I said earlier, there are some things to, to plug because I want to be sure that you guys um, are focused on some of the other stuff uh, that I'm doing now as well. Uh, I mentioned clutchpoints.com. You can check out the writing stuff there. Uh, lots of SEC basketball stuff. That's where all the daily SEC previews and picks are at. Uh, so you can check that out in addition to all the other featured stories uh, that I do over there for college basketball. We've got uh, some really exciting new series we're going to be doing, some daily series uh, over there with uh, random thoughts on college basketball. Uh, you'll be able to check that out. So clutchpoints.com, bookmark that. That's one of the places uh, you can check out. I mentioned uh, the Blue Ribbon College Basketball uh, podcast. That's the SEC one um, that we're going to be doing, and uh, you'll be able to find, uh, mention with, with me and my, my co-host Chris Lee and the Blue Ribbon uh, College Basketball yearbook publisher Chris Storch. Uh, all three of us uh, will be on there sort of diving into things a little bit more deeper on the SEC each week, uh, and they do a great job with great knowledge. So, again, if you love SEC basketball, uh, be sure, just go search uh, 
uh, on Apple Podcasts, whatever podcast app uh, that you're using, uh, search for Blue Ribbon, and that way you can find that podcast. I'll, of course, be promoting it and stuff and all that. Um, Cutting the Net, that's another podcast that I'm doing. Um, That is one that I'm doing for Clutch Points. That is a more sort of entertaining one that that me and my friend Joseph Nardone are doing. Um, So you can check that out over Clutch Points. uh, Search for Cutting the Net. Uh, That's when we do a very entertaining slant on college basketball. It's not as uh, serious as the ones I do here for Southeast Hoops and some of the other ones I do, like Marching to Madness uh, and the Blue Ribbon ones, which those are great. I love doing them. Uh, But if you want sort of an after-dark, entertaining sort of um, podcast, uh, Cutting the Net with with me and Joseph, we do do have a lot of fun on that, and it's more of an entertaining approach uh, to college basketball. So uh, check all that out. I know that's a lot of different stuff (laughs) I'm throwing at you guys. Uh, Some of you guys make me laugh when you, you send tweets and say, you know, I can't even keep up with you. You're all over the place. Um, I am, and but it's fun. It's fun because I love doing this. Uh, I love talking about SEC basketball. I love talking about college basketball. So uh, I'll have all the links to that uh, in the post uh, for this episode. But check all that out. Uh, add it to your podcast feed. I know it's there's several of them, uh, but I know you guys are always looking uh, for great new podcasts and just great college basketball discussion in general. And you can find that on all those different podcasts that I mentioned. Um, so be sure you, you do that. Subscribe to the Southeast Hughes podcast. Follow me on Twitter at the Blake Level. Anything else you have, comments, questions on SEC basketball, hit me up on Twitter, and uh, we'll have more periscopes there with uh, more of the free-flowing questions and comments and all that. Uh, But as always, I appreciate you guys, all the support uh, for SEC basketball, all the work I do for SEC basketball. Uh, That's helped me sort of, you know, make the move to clutch points, have a a bigger platform, more opportunities to do this stuff. Uh, And I can't thank you guys enough uh, for that. But uh, thanks as always for listening, and uh, I will talk to you guys next time.